They strengthen our muscles through micro tears in their fibers. Similar to muscles, our hearts are strengthened by tears and breaks. A broken heart mended is more sturdy than one without adversity. Today, Dr. Bill Petrie walks us through how God heals and improves a broken heart and a hurting soul. Chances are your heart has been or will be broken at one time. As death is part of life, heartbreak is part of love. It may be tempting amid pain to become cynical about loving someone again. But I warn you against this. C.S. Lewis speaks to this as he writes, To love at all is to be vulnerable. Love anything and your heart will be wrung and possibly broken. If you want to make sure of keeping it intact, you must give it to no one, not even an animal. Wrap it carefully round with hobbies and little luxuries. Avoid all entanglements. Lock it up safe in the casket or coffin of your selfishness. But in that casket, safe, dark, motionless, airless, it will change. It will not be broken. It will become unbreakable, impenetrable, irredeemable. To love is to be vulnerable. End of quote. Allow your heart to heal, but do not give up on love. Do not let your heart become unbreakable. Dare to be vulnerable. If you are struggling, or have ever struggled with the heartbreak of a relationship ending, know that Jesus experienced it so that God could understand your deepest emotions. It is okay to be sad. In fact, if you are not sad, that is a little concerning. Your heart is broken. A relationship you deeply cared about has ended. You will experience a period of grief, and that is not a bad thing. We live in a world that is constantly trying to tell us it is not good to be sad, that if we are sad, we need to fix it. We try to numb ourselves by texting new people, by binging on Netflix, by becoming overly busy, by sleeping, by entering new relationships. But at the end of the day, that does not change the fact that our hearts are grieving, numbing yourself is like putting a band-aid on a gaping wound. Sure, it might cover it up, but if you are not properly caring for the wound, it will not actually heal. So I encourage you to allow yourself to grieve, to let yourself feel the pain. But remember, weeping may last for the night, but joy comes in the morning, according to Psalm 30, verse 5. This too will pass. While the pain will not disappear overnight, your heart will heal. Day by day, the heaviness will become lighter, easier to bear. And you will find your thoughts are not so consumed by this moment in time. Life can be overwhelming for even the strongest people. If we are honest, 
We have all experienced the pain of a broken heart in some way, shape, or form. The question is, what do you do with that broken heart? The term broken heart is so widely used in our culture that it sounds romantic. But those who have walked the road of healing from a broken heart beg to differ. Why? A broken heart floods your soul with immense pain and grief. It is as if your heart was ripped out of your body with a spoon. A tub of Ben and Jerry's ice cream is not a band-aid that can heal this wound. There are so many things that can break our hearts. Charles Spurgeon put it this way. There are many sorts of broken hearts, and Christ is good at healing them all. So what can break your heart? <clears throat> the death of a loved one. A job can break your heart. The end of a friendship. A church situation can break your heart. The realization that life is unfair. Being helpless can break your heart. A phone call confirming you have miscarried the child you have so longed to hold and love. Being bullied in school will definitely bruise your heart. A dream unrealized or ending can leave one heartbroken. Your spouse walking out to never return. Or a boyfriend or girlfriend leaving you blindsided by ending your relationship. All these things will definitely break your heart. They will forever change you in ways you cannot fully understand yet. As much as I would love to put all seven of my children's hearts in bubble wrap, I cannot. It would be a disservice to them and to how God works on a broken heart. At some point, our hearts will encounter a situation that causes us to fall to our knees. Everyone has felt the agony of a broken heart. It is excruciating. Sometimes the journey is long lasting and it paints every area of your life. The realization is this, our hearts will break time and time and time again. Over the course of our lives on this earth, life is messy, chaotic, beautiful, and hard. When you love someone or something enough to build an intimate relationship, the depth of your soul is exposed and woven into the fabric of us. God created us this way. But when a heart breaks, it feels like nothing will ever heal it. But I assure you, God can. God works his best healing and transformation when we have broken hearts. One truth I often have told my children is that God was already putting a plan together to heal our broken hearts. He sent Jesus to step in and die as a sacrifice for us. 
our lives would be totally broken had God not sent Jesus to be our sacrifice on the cross. Our lives would totally be broken if Jesus had not put his own life on line and paid for our sin. Our lives would never be good if Jesus had not done that. Jesus came to heal all kinds of brokenness. He heals attitudes, bodies, corrupted hearts, marriages, relationships, and the list goes on. This is the one reassurance and promise we have. Jesus came to bind up our wounds. Psalm 147 verse 3 comes to mind. It states, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their sorrows. Some say we feel closest to God when we are standing in awe of his creation on a mountaintop at sunrise, watching the crashing waves, seeing the sunset in the middle of the ocean, or holding a squirmy newborn baby, or when a favorite couple of yours says, I do, or when God meets the desires of our hearts through our spouse. But I beg to differ. I speak from a lifetime of experience with more than my share of heartbreak. I tell my loved ones, often these are amazing soul moments, when our hearts expand volumes in our love for God. But I honestly believe we are closest to God when we are standing in the aftermath of our hearts shattered into pieces like broken glass. C.S. Lewis said after his wife died that he could hear the door closing and the lock being double bolted. We sit in these moments when it feels like we cannot take another breath as we whisper like the authors of Psalms, Where are you, God? Do not be so far from me. How long? Will you hold back from helping me? But the Bible tells us, God is there in the midst of our grief and heartache. Jesus said, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Psalm 147 verse 3 states, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. And Psalm 51, the most honest confession, ends with these words. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. O God, thou wilt not despise. The Hebrew word for broken in this verse is the word shabar. It literally means to break in pieces, to rupture to shatter, or to cripple. This is an apt description of a broken heart. Having one's heart broken into pieces, having it ruptured or shattered like a pane of glass, to be crippled emotionally. Yet Psalm 34 verse 18 tells us the Lord is near to those who have a broken heart. 
and saves such as have a contrite spirit. God is close to the brokenhearted. But why do so many brokenhearted Christians remain broken? Some of our brothers and sisters to this day continue to carry in them a hurting heart and a brokenness that hinders them from living the life they should be living in Christ, whole and free. These scriptures promise us that even when we feel alone in our brokenness, we are not alone at all. We also know Jesus was a man of sorrows, well acquainted with grief, the most heartbroken man of all time, if you will believe it, is our very own Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. He came to his own, yet his own rejected him. He longed to gather his people like a hen gathers her chicks, but they would not. He came showing them the love of God, the Father, but they rejected him. Christ died on the cross to save us all. But in the process of that, in physical terms, his heart was literally broken. According to most doctors, Christ's suffering caused him to suffer from hypovolemic shock. This is shock caused by very low blood pressure, which in turn caused some fluid to gather around the heart. Thus, when the soldier thrust his spear at the Lord's side, there came out blood and water. Friends, Christ died in obedience to the Father's will. And that will was for all of his righteous requirements to be met by a perfect and spotless sacrifice. Jesus Christ became that sacrifice, the spotless Lamb of God, through whom forgiveness of sin is made available by the shedding of his blood. Christ was whole even with such agony. But his pain brings healing to our broken hearts. Jesus Christ was willing to do this for all of us so that he could establish intimacy with broken humanity. Intimacy literally means in to me see. Real intimacy makes us feel alive like we have been found, as if someone finally took the time to peer into the depths of our soul and really see us there. Until we experience true intimacy, we will feel passed over and ignored, like someone is looking right through us. But I'm here to tell you today, God sees into you. Into me, see. He understands your pain. 
and hurt, your heartbreak and your sorrow. He experienced these things in ways we cannot even begin to imagine. The shortest verse in the Bible is only two words. Jesus wept. He wept at the death of his friend Lazarus, even though he knew he would raise him from the dead. He was empathetic. He understood the sorrow of all those around about him. And he experienced the sorrow of broken humanity and the consequences that that brokenness produces. Death. I point out this because I know some of you feel like you are walking on broken glass, but you are not alone. And God will not leave you this way. Most often, healing is a process that he uses to teach us more about him and about ourselves. This process weeds out sin, feelings of rejection, hurt, abandonment, and pain as he renews our hearts and minds in him. He holds us as we grieve. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 states, And be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The Holy Spirit reminds you how God sees you as we meditate on these words renewing our minds on his word helps us remember he is with us and he is for us. It reminds us what the enemy tried to use to destroy us. God is using it for our good. And there is good coming from these circumstances, even though it may take a while for us to see it. We need to renew our minds. We renew our minds by reading and meditating on the Word of God. But not just reading and meditating on the Word of God. 2 Timothy 2.15 tells us to study, to show ourselves approved of God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth. We need to study the word of God using the principle of right division in order to truly be renewed. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 8 through 10 tells us of some experiences that the Apostle Paul dealt with. The Apostle Paul states, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not 
destroyed, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Despite the adversity and sorrow, we have the promise of peace, knowing God will take all the pain and heartache we are going through to use it to glorify him. He is our refuge and strength. He is there in our midst, fighting to heal our hearts. The Apostle Paul stated that we are not forsaken. He is there. He is with us. He is comforting us. He is strengthening us. Psalm 71, verse 20 states, Though you have made me see troubles, many and bitter, you will restore my life again. From the depths of the earth, you will again bring me up. Regardless of the troubles and despair, God has something better planned for you. He will use the bitterness and troubles to restore your life into something so much better than you could have imagined. Though suffering is never a small thing, God is always greater. And this psalm is a promise that nothing can touch you except what has been carefully filtered through his fingers. Whatever heartache he allows, it is because he has a greater purpose and a plan for you. He does not cause the pain to come into your life, nor does he cause the heartache. God is not there causing evil things to happen to people, but he allows those things so that he can develop with you an into me see moment, an into me see relationship, intimacy. The prophet Isaiah wrote to Israel in Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10, the following words. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. God promised to lend his strength and love when we are feeling threadbare. He also reminds us we will face heartache, but we will not be alone. No matter how bad things may seem, he is holding us. You do not have to hold on to the hurt because he is holding you up in his hands. No matter how hard it may feel to journey through the healing of your heart, there will come a day that you will get through your hurt. He's carrying you. He is sustaining you. He is the source of all comfort. 
And he wants you to be dependent upon him to do so. The wisest man who ever lived was King Solomon. When writing to his son in Proverbs chapter 19, verse 21, he wrote, Many are the plans in the minds of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. I want to tell you, God has plans and a purpose for each and every one of our lives. And our pain can be used for our benefit. We know he intends to use it for our good. Does not the Apostle Paul tell us that all things work together for good to those who love Christ Jesus? We can cling to this and we can cling to him to plant hope in our hearts. Not just hope, but an expectation that things will become better, that ultimately God will take our pain and make it and form it and fashion it into something that will become useful. No matter what caused our hearts to break, we can trust God. He will help us break free of the things, the feelings, and the memories stemming from brokenness. He wants us to be whole in him. Chances are your heart has been or will be broken at one time. It will be. Well, this moment may be an ending for you. It is the beginning for God. A new beginning to receive his love. To truly love yourself. And then to love those around you through what he has done in your life. As you heal, you will become stronger. Eventually, you will be free of that pain. I promise. But I know that it is a process. And I urge you, do not become discouraged. Crowder, a Christian singer, wrote a song called Come As You Are. Please consider the very profound words of this song. Come out of sadness from wherever you've been. Come brokenhearted. Let rescue begin. Come find your mercy. O sinner, come kneel. Earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal. Earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal. So lay down your burdens, lay down your shame. All who are broken, lift up your face. I hope today's edition of Differing Things 
will be one that can encourage you through these troubling times and any grief or heartbreak you may be dealing with. Remember, God loves you. He cares for you. He wants to have intimacy with you. And if you do not know Jesus Christ as your own personal Savior, it's very simple to know him. It's very simple to begin that relationship with him. It's very simple to have God's plan of intimacy begin to work for you. The Apostle Paul tells us how to have that relationship with him. He states in 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, in verses 2 through 4, the following words, and I want to read them to you. I'm using the concordant literal version of the New Testament. He says here, starting at verse 1 of 1 Corinthians 15, Now I am making known to you, brethren, the evangel or good news, which I bring to you, which also you accepted, and which also you stand, through which also you are saved, since you are retaining what I said and bringing the evangel to you outside, and except you believe feignedly. For I give over to you among the first what also I accepted, that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, and that he was entombed, and that he has been roused the third day, according to the scriptures. Simply believing that Jesus Christ died for your sins, that he was entombed, and that he was roused or raised on the third day, places you into a relationship with him that can never, ever be undone. You do not have to go to church. You do not have to confess to a priest. You do not have to, to become a totally different person. Simply believing that good news and trusting it places you into an intimate relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and with God himself. And he can really then begin, through that intimacy, to bring about your healing. I hope this edition of Differing Things will help you 
will restore you. Good day, and God bless. We want to thank you for listening to this week's Differing Things podcast. If you would like to get more information about the Bible, please check out our website, www.beacon-ministries.org. Do not forget to join us next week for a new Differing Things podcast.